You're listening to the Assembly Call IU podcast and postgame show, the place where Indiana fans across the globe hang out online after every IU basketball game. Join us for our live broadcasts on Thursday nights and immediately following every IU game at our website, assemblycall.com. That's assemblycall.com. Buying tickets can be complicated and confusing, but there is a better way to buy with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every type of live event. Whether you're searching for a last-minute deal, planning a night out with friends, or need to find the perfect gift, SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. There is nothing quite like being there in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone, and it is by far the easiest way that I have found to shop for tickets because I can be anywhere. And with just a few taps, I can instantly find seats. I've used the SeatGeek app in the past here in Dallas where I live to buy Mavericks tickets to go see Yogi play, uh, to go to Rangers games, used it before to buy IU tickets when up in Bloomington. And I certainly plan on using it in the future because of how easy it is. SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. And using SeatGeek actually saves you time and money because they search multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals. And every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. And best of all, listeners to the Assembly Call get $20 off of your first SeatGeek purchase. All you have to do is download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code ASSEMBLY today. That's promo code ASSEMBLY for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Welcome, Hoosier fans, to this week's edition of Assembly Call Radio, where each week we discuss the most important IU basketball stories from the past seven days. This is our 73rd edition of Assembly Call Radio, and it is our 400th episode overall of the Assembly Call, recorded on the evening of Thursday, April 26th, 2018. I am your host, Jared Morris. And let's begin this week how we begin every episode of the Assembly Call, and that is with our Hoosier Proud Banner Moment. And Indiana is the national champion. When it comes down, Indiana will be champion. Martin takes the shot. The Hoosiers have won the national championship. And this week's Banner Moment deals with recruiting. But not with that recruit. No, not yet. Trust me, there will be plenty to discuss regarding Romeo Langford after his announcement on Monday. And hopefully that announcement is a banner moment for Indiana. And by the way, we will be going live with a special edition of the Assembly Call on Monday night after Romeo's announcement. So catch that at assemblycall.com. But for now, in the midst of the first spring recruiting period, we will take a broader view of Indiana's recruiting as a sign suggestive of future success for the program. I mean, just look at the key figures that are being tracked by all of the trusted sources for IU News, Inside the Hall Peaks, the Hoosier.com, where Indiana has already put offers out there. And among those names, 
Trace Jackson Davis, Keon Brooks, Trendon Watford, Matthew Hurt, DJ Carton. And just over the last few days, we've seen a flurry of offers to highly regarded guards, uh, ball handlers in the class of 2019. Now, the five guys that I just mentioned, what do they all have in common? Those have been the names that Indiana's been targeting the most and for the longest in 2019. Well, they all seem to have strong mutual interest in Indiana to the point where most observers will be surprised if Indiana isn't still on their lists after they cut them down. They are all five-star or near five-star level players, and many of them have strong IU ties, either by being from the state or having pre-existing close relationships with the university, current players, or members of the IU staff. Now, obviously, Indiana isn't going to get all of these players, but even if they only get two of them, or I don't know, in a worst-case scenario, maybe just one to headline the 2019 recruiting class, Archie Miller will be well on his way towards stacking a second strong recruiting class on top of his first, and that is how you build a consistent winner at the national level, which is what we all hope and expect IU basketball will soon be again. Okay, now let me introduce my esteemed co-host for this week's show. To my left, back in his usual seat, is one of the world's most respected bracketologists, the president emeritus of the Robert Johnson Fan Club, and an undisputed rising star in youth girls basketball coaching. He is Andy Bottoms. Andy, what is your bottoms line on the last week in IU basketball? Uh, you know, mine was going to be a little bit along the same lines as what uh, what you had said. You know, Monday kind of feels like the crescendo from well, at least we hope it will be. Um, you know, from the off season standpoint, but I think the you know the groundwork laid with some of these guys in, in future classes uh, seems to suggest that you know it's not going to be a huge drop in in excitement and interest and all those kinds of things. And I think the way that it's you know, laid out. Who knows how those recruitments will play out? Who knows when anybody might actually commit? Uh, I know you and Alex talked a little bit about that on podcast on the brink this week, but um, just a lot of positive momentum in the off season. And I think it's, you know, I think there've been times in some of these last couple of years where it's like, all right, I'm ready to be done with this for a little while. And then I sat around this week and started looking at big 10 rosters and who's going to be there and what some of the incoming recruits look like and trying to keep up with who's transferred and, and not and, and the names in the draft and things like that. So uh, at least for, for me, and I think most IU fans, there's still a pretty, uh, a pretty hearty amount of, uh, of excitement about the program and the direction it's going. And I think that's a good thing to be talking about in, you know, in late April uh, when the season is, is all too far away. Um, but to be able to really maintain that kind of fan interest and excitement and positive momentum uh, really speaks well, and and so I thought you put it well. You know, talking about some of those guys, and you know, who knows what happens with uh, with Romeo on Monday, and who knows what happens with those guys. But I think the you know the buzz surrounding that is a is a good thing to kind of get us through uh, another few weeks of the off season as we you know are left to just look at videos of workouts and things like that to uh, to get us through. But uh, a lot of positive news, so that uh, that to me is the big thing to focus on for now. And to my right, we have the founder of the world-renowned Delphi Bracketology Club. He's an assistant basketball coach at Western High School, and he is the host of the podcast sensation that is sweeping Hoosier Nation, talking Hoosier baseball. He is the coach, Brian Tonsoni. Thanks again. We'll never forget you, coach. Coach, it is Tonsoni time. What's on your mind? Uh, thanks again for having me. There's a lot uh, that is on my mind. Uh, Monday night, can't get here uh, fast enough. Uh, going to spend a, a couple nights in Bloomington uh, for baseball this weekend, but then it's going to turn real quick to Monday night. But we'll just follow up and say that, that 
you know, Trace Jackson Davis and Keon Brooks seem to have a, a pretty dominant weekend in their first in the, in the last weekend, and they're playing together, and they're from the state of Indiana, and that recruiting uh, blueprint of Indiana first, and then branching out to the surrounding areas is really starting to take shape. And and what when Archie came in, he said that's what he's going to do if he can land he's one inside or two. Out. Exactly. One or two of those top guys right there, that that's taking the state of Indiana. And then the other thing that I'm thinking about is two home visits for Trendon Watford. Uh, I was thinking that that was kind of uh, a wishful recruit uh, that we had might had fallen behind with uh, not keeping in touch with him earlier, but it seems too that I'd like to know what's going on there. There's a little bit uh, of interest there as well as uh, the other guys that you mentioned in, in your banner moment. And it's starting to take place regardless of what happens Monday. A, a lot of good things are happening um, exactly the way Archie said when he first came in. All righty. Well, here are the topics that we are going to address this week. We have a fun episode planned. We are going to look back on last season and count down the top 10 moments from the 2017-18 season, uh, which will be fun. Uh, then uh, Andy uh, is going to kind of walk us through the most influential NBA draft decisions by Big Ten players that will shape next season's conference race. And if we have any time after that, uh, we might provide some quick thoughts on the report issued Wednesday by the Commission on College Basketball and take some of your questions. All of that coming here on this edition of Assembly Call Radio. But before we go any further, I want to tell you about a new t-shirt at HoosierProud.com that if you're an Indiana Pacers fan, you are going to love. It is called the Hoosier Hero Tee, and it commemorates a moment from this year's Cavs Pacers series that is sure to live on in Pacers lore. You may recall the play back in Game 4 when noted LeBron irritant Lance Stevenson made an aggressive play on the ball, tied up the king, and forced a jump ball. Lance then held it triumphantly in the air like it was a championship trophy or as if he had just been crowned heavyweight champion of the world. And as soon as the moment happened, it struck me as being a moment made for a t-shirt. I even tweeted that, saying, it's a Hoosier Proud t-shirt ready to happen, and wouldn't you know it, less than 24 hours later, it was. The t-shirt features Lance holding the basketball up, and it would have been great if that's all it was. But working in the Indiana State flag design and including the line Indiana forever was a stroke of brilliance. But don't just take my word for it. Check out the t-shirt for yourself at HoosierProud.com. It is part of their basketball collection, which you will find a link to in the, the navigation bar at their site. And when you use the promo code assembly at checkout, that's A-S-S-E-M-B-L-Y, you will get 15% off of your entire order. Again, it's the Hoosier Hero Tee featuring the statue of Lance at HoosierProud.com. Promo code assembly for 15% off. Thank you. All right, you are listening to Assembly Call Radio. I am Jared Morris here with Andy Bottoms and the coach, Brian Tonsoni. And guys, let's hop into talking about the top moments from last season, from the 2017-18 season. Uh, let me preface the discussion by saying this. I kind of wish it was harder <laughs> to find the top moments from last season. As you kind of, as, as I went through this, there weren't really many more than 10, you know, and hopefully in seasons to come, there's just so many great moments, so many memorable moments that we have a hard time narrowing it down. We know last season wasn't a great one, uh, but there still were some fun moments that I think now, you know, as we're, what are we, you know, a month and a half removed from the last game are pretty fun uh, to kind of relive. So uh, Andy, you know, as we walk into this here, do you want to, you want to set the stage at all? Maybe, maybe a lingering thought uh, on last season uh, as we start to count down some of these moments? 
Yeah, it was kind of funny as we started, you know, batting these around. It was kind of, you know, there were a handful that were pretty obvious. And then it was like, all right, well, at a certain point, the it got to be pretty slim pickings just because, it, you know, I, I mean, for the same reasons that we talked about at the end of the year, there weren't really those, you know, marquee wins that were that were there. Um, and and, you know, there weren't really buzzer beaters. There just weren't a lot of individual like in-game moments or or performances or whatever it doesn't necessarily mean the season was was bad but it seemed very much like you know kind of what we talked about all season it was very much a like kind of foundational blue collar building of the season that didn't really have uh, you know had certainly some low points not a ton of you know high highs and and i guess when you that kind of manifests itself in a list that has some some really fun moments to relive but kind of the back part of it and the ones that just missed the cut were like I could kind of take or leave any of them uh, for one reason or another. And I think some of them are, you know, maybe more important for what they mean down the road than, than what they meant at the time. So we're going to count back in reverse order. And so I figured for the rest of this segment, we can kind of go through some honorable mention and talk about a few moments that did not make the top 10, but were still, you know, kind of fun moments worth, worth reliving. And here are a few that I have, and I'll be interested to see if you guys have any others uh, that you came up with as you were looking at this. But, you know, the moment where Devontae Green got the steal while holding his shoe against Seton Hall, uh, that was a very memorable moment early in the season, even though that game was very forgettable. Uh, I would say taking a five-point lead over Purdue in the second half, again, there weren't a lot of memorable moments, but you know that was a pretty big game, and Indiana did you know have a chance in that game and had played pretty well, but they of course eventually would lose that game. Uh, Freddie McSwain's ninth offensive rebound against Michigan State that was a tough one to leave off, but his rebounding that game was absolutely phenomenal. And then one of my favorites that I really wanted to make it, but it just didn't really mean that much in the grand scheme of things was Zach McRoberts' incredible crossover layup against Michigan State, where he actually got the steal, went coast to coast, and here is the actual clip of that play. And you can hear the Simon Scott Assembly Hall crowd gasp as Zach McRoberts makes by far the best individual offensive play uh, as a dribbler that he's ever made in an Indiana uniform. Can Indiana get anything easy? McRoberts! Jackson blocked it from behind, but there was a foul. And maybe not against Jackson. I'm telling you, though, McRoberts made a great move. also, the first appearance by Dan Dockich uh, on the assembly call. Uh, that's courtesy <laughs> courtesy of ESPN. Uh, coached, any other moments? Again, these are some honorable mention moments, not in our top 10, but any other stand out that did not make our list to you? You know, for me, I, I look, I don't know, specific moments stand out. Uh, the fact that our defense got better and, I, you know, there was a couple games where we played really nice defense. Any play that McRoberts made, uh, you can go back and and chart the deflections. Uh, that's a that's something we're sp- not supposed to talk about, I guess, anymore. But that is how you're a champion. <laughs> deflections, yeah, exactly. Um, and and we'll talk about some of the the, the key moments, um, specific moments. But um, I I just think that we saw inside games, and, and you'll see in our top ten list, you'll see the progression that we wanted to see, and that's the thing I got out of our list. And not to spoil it, because I think the list speaks for itself in a season where there really weren't a lot of specific highlight moments. Yeah. And, you know, the other one, one that I wanted to mention real quick, going all the way back to Hoosier hysteria, because, I mean, it was a great moment, you know, and, and shoot, maybe it set the stage for something that we'll see Monday. But when the recruits walked across the court and the fans chanted their names and it was just such a clever way by the coaches 
you know, to get these players some individual attention, uh, you know, that was that was within the rules. I thought that was a great moment. And, you know, again, just very indicative of a staff that has a plan that really knows what it's doing on the recruiting trail. And that was just one of many examples that kind of shows that. And now obviously we're seeing, you know, the 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 fruits of that uh be born here as uh as recruiting certainly looks up for Indiana. Um Andy, Brian, any final thoughts before we uh, uh hop out of this any segment? Press and conference. Move in? When I started hearing press conferences from coach, they were really fun to listen to again. Those were, that was a big moment for me to actually get some things. So, okay. So, yeah, I thought, hang on the, the Devante steal. I think that would have made it had him losing his shoe, not become a recurring theme in the season. <laughs> had it been only a one-time deal, I really think that one could have made it, but that, but the, the notion of him losing his shoe multiple times became infuriating at some point. So that I think, uh, really impacted the the impact of or it really impacted that one's uh, chances of making the actual top 10. All right, so Brian, hold that thought on the press conference because I have a clip of one of Archie's press conferences that you are absolutely going to love. We will play that coming up. And we go into our top 10 moments from the season. Where will Robert Johnson's three-point barrage at Iowa fall? You know Andy wouldn't have participated in this if that didn't make it. Uh, and how many moments will feature Jawan Morgan? Probably a lot. Find out next on the Assembly Call. Hey, just a real quick note here. The next time that you are going to shop online for IU gear, use the URL iustore.shop. That will take you to the official IU online store where they have anything you could possibly want. Candy stripe pants, the Script Indiana warm-up shirt, all kinds of IU gear. And that URL, iustore.shop, is actually our affiliate URL. So when you use it, and buy something, we get paid a commission. So it's a great way for you to shop for the IU gear that you need and to support the assembly call at the same time. Again, the URL is iustore.shop. Please bookmark it and use it the next time you're looking to buy IU gear. We appreciate it. Now back to the show. You are listening to The Assembly Call. I'm Jared Morris here with Andy Bottoms and the coach, Brian Tonsoni. Don't forget, if you ever have to miss all or part of an episode of Assembly Call Radio, there are two great ways to catch up. You can subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Just search for Assembly Call. Or you can join our live Thursday night broadcast or watch the video replays by subscribing to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash assembly call. All right. So on this week's episode here of the assembly call, we are counting down the top 10 moments from the 2017-18 season. In our last segment, we went through some honorable mention selections, and now we get into the actual list. Uh, And so right here, let's do 9 and 10 together. Um, And I didn't necessarily... You know, as, as we were kind of going through this and putting this list together, I didn't really plan on these two being next to each other, uh, but they are related. So moment number 10 is Deron Davis just absolutely owning the low post against Duke's NBA-ready big men. Uh, you'll recall that he recovered from foul trouble, questionable foul trouble in the first half, to end up scoring 16 points on 6 of 7 shooting, did a lot of that work in the second half. And before a raucous Simon Scott Assembly Hall crowd, the Hoosiers battled Duke tough, even if I recall correctly, leading by one with about four minutes to go. But the Hoosiers ultimately lost 91 to 81. Uh, Andy, your your reflections on that moment here before I bring in moment nine, uh, which is very closely related to it. 
you know, the things that stick out the most for me for that was just the, the environment was, was obviously electric. Um, you know, even watching on TV, you could just tell, you know, how hyped everybody was for the game. And then I think, you know, secondarily looking back, the things we saw in that game and kind of the inability to finish games, um, that definitely was a, a harbinger of things we would see later in the season in terms of, you know, late game struggles and, and, and playing really tough against some of the better teams on the schedule, but not being able to get over the hump. So, uh, obviously, we didn't know that at the time, but uh, you know, th- putting that game, looking back on it now, and putting it in the context of so many other games that that played out a, a little bit similarly uh, was interesting, and and you know, it was an early sign of Duke's uh, inability to play defense as well, which led to them going to zone and a, a less IU centric, uh, you know, take on that. But uh, yeah, th- those are the things that stick out to me about that one. So that was moment number 10. And then moment number nine. Well, and and you know, you think about that, Andy. And I remember coming on the postgame show, you know, for that Duke game. And, you know, I think we were all feeling somewhat positive. I mean, that, you know, was a pretty good showing by Indiana. And so there were a lot of positive vibes going around. But one person who was not having any of the moral victory talk was Archie Miller. And moment number nine actually came after one of Indiana's worst performances of the year, which was the the game up at Michigan, where it was pretty much over within the first five minutes. And you had in the press conference after that game, you know, Archie was asked, you know, something about, you know, the, you know, coming, you know, off the heels of the Duke game, does it, and he, it, I think it was Zach Osterman, he cut him off with, you know, the famous line, we didn't beat Duke, uh, and then went on a short diatribe about the standard for excellence that he was holding Indiana to from the beginning. I'm going to play that now. I've got about 30 seconds of this press conference clip, uh, and we'll get. I want to get Coach Tonsoni's thoughts after this, although after listening to this, he may need a, a few private moments by himself because I know how much he enjoys these, uh, these press conferences. But here, here are Archie's comments after the, the IU-Michigan game uh, when he was asked about the Duke game. We didn't win. We didn't beat Duke. I think i got to keep coming back to that point. Like We lost the game to Duke. And if any of that, hey, it feels good stuff creeps into your locker room and your bus, then you come out here and you go like 0 for 8 on layups. You've got to be a focused team. You have to be possessed with getting better. And you have to really understand the reality of winning and losing. And playing to win is everything. Performing, performing, production. It's every day, every game. It's not feel good because, hey, you know, we played pretty hard against Duke. And we should have beat Duke. We didn't. But like that, and a good team at home in front of that crowd with four minutes to go in the game, one point lead, find a way to win that one. Then you can really feel good about it. But it didn't have anything to do with Duke. But I got to tell you, you know, I felt pretty good after the loss to Duke, and that snapped me right back to reality with the standard that you know IU basketball coaches, players, fans should have. Uh, Coach, your thoughts on uh, probably Archie's most memorable press conference moment of the season? Well, it, it shows what kind of coach that we have, and, and the other thing was I. I will say this, though, that the Duke result did show that we could play and Archie could get us to a level rather quickly. But for us fans, we liked that and felt comfortable and thought we were on our way. And the coaching staff knows more about their team and knows that, okay, they gave excellent effort in that game. And now it's a real program backs it up. And that, that's just part of that. The reason that, you know, I think we have a ball coach. I've said that for a long time on this show. And, and when people have asked, we, we got a guy who is no nonsense. Uh, is going to bring Indiana basketball back or spend every ounce of his energy to do it. And it's not about winning one big game. It's about winning them all and, and moving along in the tournament. And, and I'll add a little bit about Duran. You know, I, I'm worried about his, his injury, going back to our item number 10. 
worried a little bit about his comeback from his injury. And, and again, I'm also worried about the fact that he is a traditional low post center. I need to go back and watch that game because he was pretty dominant. And then that was a highlight. And so that might be how Archie can use uh, a traditional low post center as opposed to a, a guy who can pick and pop or do those things. But I think the Duke game in many ways was a huge moment uh, to set the tone for what could happen and what also was uh, absent. Andy, any thoughts on uh, on Archie's statement there? No, I mean, I think that's that's kind of the, the thing that we've all grown to like about him, the no nonsense and, and things like that. I, I loved listening to that of short to the point. We didn't win the game, so it's not good enough for me. I think that tells you pretty much anything you need to know about him. He's a great coach. Thank you, Ryan. You are listening to The Assembly Call. I'm Jared Morris here with Andy Bottoms and the coach Brian Tonsoni counting down the top 10 moments from the 2017-18 season. So let's move on now to moment number eight. Uh, and this is going to be a great moment to relive before it becomes really, really painful. So let me just play it first, and then we'll talk about it. Morgan High penetrates. Backing down. Left hand gives the Hoosiers the lead. No timeouts left. All right, stop. Stop the tape. Andy, do you remember what game that is from and what moment that is? Sadly, sadly, I do. <laughs> I was there to witness it all too closely. So that is obviously from the IU-Ohio State game. That is the moment when Indiana took a 78-77 lead. And again, we're counting down the top 10 moments. And so that was obviously a great moment because it would have been, you know, a signature win for Indiana. You know, it it, it would have kind of given, I think, some hope of maybe making a run in that Big Ten tournament, even though Indiana had lost to Nebraska previously. And we'll get to that game actually in a second. Um, but we know what happened after that layup. Indiana would end up losing that game in just absolutely devastating fashion. But while that moment sours our memory of that game, that was such a great just basketball game. You know, back and forth. You know, really featured some 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 great plays by Indiana down the stretch, double overtime. Um, but ultimately, coach, you know, as we as we broke down uh, in the uh, in the basement of <laughs> Galen Clavio's uh, the next day, it was really ultimately nothing more than just a, a heartbreaking loss for the Hoosiers. And it was a tough one too, because then in a, in a, in a big 10 tournament, uh, things didn't go well, but you know, coaches see losses and, and we had way too many of them last year. Uh, but we, you also sit back and say that there were moments inside those losses that were pretty good. And, and, you know, out rebounding Michigan state, I don't think that was one of our, our moments uh, or is coming up. And I hope I didn't blow one that's ahead. But the games like that in your first year, when you're middle of the pack, show that uh, what can be done. And, and then once the recruiting comes, uh, things are going to get better in a hurry here. But, yeah, that was a tough game. A lot of excitement to hit that shot and then have it uh, be taken away was a little bit hard to overcome. So that was moment number eight. Moment number seven uh, came the game before, and that is when Indiana was up 26 to 25 over Nebraska at halftime. And the reason why this was such a great moment is because, if you'll recall, the Hoosiers were on a four-game winning streak, uh, and everybody at that point was feeling very hopeful about Indiana you know, possibly being able – I mean, Andy, you can attest to this. How many people were asking you, you know, what Indiana needed to do down the stretch to make the NCAA tournament – and at that point in time, you know, you're thinking, okay, you know, you, maybe if you can beat Nebraska and beat Ohio State and you've won six in a row and then you go into the Big Ten tournament, you know, maybe you've got a chance here, you know, at the least to make the NIT. 
But unfortunately, from that moment when Indiana was up by one at halftime, it was all downhill because the Hoosiers lost that game. They lost to Ohio State. I mean, they wouldn't win again, as we as we unfortunately remember. But at that moment, it still felt like a lot of things were possible for the 2017-18 season for the Hoosiers. Yeah, that was a that was just an odd game. I, I you know, kind of looking, trying to look back a little bit at the you know kind of game flow of it. You know, now it. it it was one of those, the first half was really ugly. They got, they fell behind, you know, came back and, and had a lead and it felt like they had some momentum. Uh, and then just really, I think played poorly kind of in a, a, a stretch in the middle of the second half, I, I feel like, and, um, you know, kind of gave up a, a, I think it looked like a four point lead that they had built, then didn't score for a while and, and really let the game get away from them. And again, yeah, that inability to close out games is is one that was there. But if you know that was that was definitely like the peak moment where people were like, well, maybe this is gonna, you know, this this is really gonna turn itself around, and this is the turning point because that was really the first time in that stretch they had played one of the better teams in the league. I mean, those those wins before that had come against Rutgers, Minnesota, Illinois, and then on the road against Iowa, and so it was kind of that first time everybody started to believe again. You know, they could you know, they could go 11 and seven in the big 10 if they can, you know, win that game. And uh, the, then the second half happened and and things kind of got away from them. But that, you know, going back to that Ohio State game, they bounced back well in that game. And that was a, uh, you know, a good one to finish on. Unfortunately, not, you know, not a win on senior night, but you know, those, those couple games showed in, in tandem in some ways, how far they had come and in some ways, how far they still had to go to actually be able to close out and finally win some of those games. For moment number six, we will actually step away from the court and we get back to recruiting uh, because it was a huge moment when all four of Indiana's commits for the class of 2018 signed on the dotted line to begin the fall signing period. Robert Fennessey, Jerome Hunter, Demise Anderson, Jake Forrester, a solid, you know, top 25 level class, a foundation building class. Which, you know, if you can put the cherry on top with Romeo Langford coming up on Monday, now you've got one of the top five, six, seven classes in all of the country. But even if you don't, with those guys, you've really got, I think, the, the, you know, the, the beginnings of getting this thing turned around in Archie Miller's image. And so I think getting all of those guys signed, you know, making sure that you have that solid uh, foundation building class coach uh, was a big moment you know, maybe not for the 2017-18 team because they didn't add anything this year, but for the future, that was a, I thought that was a really big moment. And correct me if I'm wrong, it happened rather quick. Uh, the scholarships came, came. Uh, Robert, I think, was the last one. Or no, Jake was the last one maybe, but... Yeah, the, the commitments all came. A couple but they of came, those commitments came in rapid succession, yeah. And, and here's the thing that I like, and I don't know if it's planned or whatever, but... He has backup plans, and and just currently he hired he offered another four star 2019 guard, and and it tells some of these guys we want you your priority, but we have to be ready to go in a different direction, and some of these guys then say if I want to play for IU I might need to pull the trigger, and and that a little bit with Robert and Darius Garland issue there, and you know I think that he he's not trying to do anything. And, and but say, hey, guys, we want you, but we've got to be ready. And that's going to be interesting to see how he does that with his scholarships, uh, because he's not a coach that gives out 30 scholarships. He's very choosy on that. But I think that's with the purpose. And I think you'll start seeing these some of these 2019 maybe follow in the same way the 2018 did. And it's nice to get them. Boom, boom, boom. And then hold out for that special one makes recruiting really fun. Yep. All righty. 
Coming up here on the Assembly Call, we complete our countdown of the top 10 moments from the 2017-18 season with our top five. You know that Zach McRoberts to Juwan Morgan to beat Notre Dame will be in the top five, but will it be number one? Find out next on the Assembly Call. Stick with us. Dishes at your sink uses about four gallons of water every two minutes. But with Cascade Platinum at your dishwasher, four gallons of water gets the whole job done. So the flow of that H2O and change your routine. Do it every night with Cascade Platinum. A surprising way to save water. You are listening to The Assembly Call. Go to assemblycall.com right now to learn how to subscribe to our email newsletter or just text IU to 66866. If you want to get more out of being an IU basketball fan, then you really do need to be on our newsletter list. Over 5,000 Indiana fans already are. You will get our weekly Six Banner Sunday news roundups as well as our post-game analysis emails once the season begins. It is all free, and it will make you a smarter IU basketball fan. Go to assemblycall.com or text IU to 66866. We are counting down the 10 most memorable moments from the 2017-18 Indiana basketball season, uh, and it is time now to start going through our top five, gentlemen. Uh, and Andy... You're going to like some of these because there are some some big-time Robert Johnson moments coming up here. Uh, and the first is quite possibly one of his... Well, it is definitely one of his best all-around games. It might be the best game he played overall as an Indiana Hoosier. I'll obviously defer to you for the final judgment on that. But I'm talking about the win at Minnesota. And if you remember, this came on the heels of that really bad loss at Wisconsin, where Archie ripped into his team, you know, called him soft in the in the post game press conference, um, and just was really disappointed in how Indiana played in the second half, especially how they rebounded. And in that game against Minnesota, Robert Johnson took it upon himself to carry out his coach's wishes. He had 28 points, but almost as important, he had seven boards to kind of set the tone. And in that game, it was basically a three-man IU team that beat a depleted Minnesota roster as Robert had 28, Juwan Morgan had 20, and it was the huge breakout performance from Justin Smith with 20 points. So for a lot of reasons, most notably the road win, uh, this was a memorable moment uh, from the season. Yeah, and it was it was still at a time when I don't think anybody really knew uh, you know, where exactly where things were going to go for Minnesota, they would get as bad as they were. So I think even at that point too, it was exciting just because Minnesota had a good record was still projected to be, you know, toward the top of the league. And it was kind of a, an eye opening moment. And like you said, I mean, those, those three scored all but seven of IU's points. And I want to say nobody else scored in the second half besides those three, or at the very least an incredibly long stretch toward the end of the game. I don't, I don't remember that exactly, but there was a long time where, where nobody else scored. Uh, besides them. I mean, that was, you know, looking back on that performance, you know, we've talked a lot about who you look to see make the leap next year. And Justin Smith constantly comes up. And that is always the performance that comes to mind when you start to think about how high the ceiling for him could really be. Um, I just remember he had 
you know, not really played a lot and not played well. And he just like was confidently stepping into threes at the barn where it's like, maybe he just didn't know any better that uh, IU wasn't supposed to be able to make shots there and make plays there down the stretch. But um, yeah, that was just a really fun game. I, I think in large part, cause it was so unexpected based on how um, IU had played. And it was certainly a good performance, but I think the, you know, the surprise of it led to, you know, led to it being such a great moment as much as anything. And, and like you said, Johnson's performance, uh, was really strong, but I mean, it was really, you know, the three of them against, against everybody. And, uh, and, and they just basically took turns making plays down the stretch. Yeah, and, and coach, what I loved about the game was how, you know, a senior leader like Robert Johnson responded to his coach's challenge. Well, and scoring and shooting were issues all year long in guard play and, in one of our top five moments, and you'll see some more come when we had good guard scoring and specifically Rojo and, and then winning on the road is nice too. And, you look at a 16 and 15 record and they're in, you're like, what kind of moments? But you see, again, these little pieces of what's going to happen. You have to be able to win on the road. At the barn has been a typical game that we've all feared. And it was uh, at a time when, you know, we did finish sixth in the Big Ten, even though we had a first-year coach and, and some players leave. And, and that is an achievement. And that games winning on the road in the Big Ten is going to be important, especially as you go to this 20-game schedule next year. That was moment number five. Moment number four is the win at Iowa, and this game was memorable for a few reasons. Uh, of course, you know, the end of the game, the deciding bucket, one of the prettiest passes you will ever see as Devontae Green finds a cutting Freddie McSwain. And, you know, it wasn't just the pass. It was a great pass by Devontae, but it was also Freddie on the move, making a catch, you know, going up and making the bucket. It was just such a great play by the two of them. Uh, led, obviously, you know, you know, to the, the fourth win in a row for Indiana, kind of a high point you know, in hope for the season, uh, at least, you know, there toward the second half of the season. And of course, notably, it was the game in which Robert Johnson tied the IU record for three pointers in a game with nine. There it is. Number eight. Yes, sir. Morgan took the overplay. See if Iowa recovers. No, Johnson got another. Andy, uh, just another terrific performance from Robert Johnson and clearly one of the best shooting performances we've ever seen from someone in an IU uniform. I mean, that game just started horrendously. Uh, we were, I, I feel like over the years, there have been a few notable games that I have not actually been able to watch live. Winning the Big Ten title at Michigan was one of them. Uh, and uh, and this was another. I was at my niece's gymnastics meet, so my mother-in-law and I are both trying to like stream the game and watch it. Eventually, the Wi-Fi started to give out, so I'm listening to, to Fish on whatever radio app I had on my phone. Um, but, but we listened to the beginning of it as we were, you know, driving up to where this was and they started the game. I forget what it was that they were down in the beginning, but it was, it, it was, was bad. awful. And, uh, and then they just kind of gradually clawed their way back in. He hit a bunch, you know, toward the end of the first half. And then it was just, whenever he let it go, uh, it, it seemed like it was going in and it, it you know, a, a great moment for him, given some of his struggles shooting the ball as a, as a senior, um, you know, to really be able to come through and, and what at the time was really a big game. It was the one right before that Nebraska game we talked about before where they had started to build some momentum and now it was a chance to prove that you could do it away from home. Uh, and so just a, you know, huge performance for him to, to step up and to be able to do that. And, uh, and yeah, while the, the game winner was an impressive finish by Freddie, that kind of showed how far Freddie had really come in, in terms of being able to actually come up with the catch, finish around the rim. Um, so a really good game led by the seniors, which is what you need to be able to win road games in the league. Yep. 
Uh, and, and it was not a good game from Jawan Morgan, but there are some big moments from Jawan Morgan here coming up. Uh, but before we get to those, game number three, and I don't have any clips from this, and you know, there weren't necessarily a lot of memorable you know, individual moments from it, but Indiana drilling Northwestern on national television. The Hoosiers won 64-44, to uh, outscored them 23-7 to to start the second half. It was just a great display of team basketball. And if you remember, that was a game that Romeo uh, attended kind of out of the blue. No one knew he was coming. I don't think his parents were even with him. Uh, and, you know, so that was obviously nice. And, and I think kind of gave everybody a bit of a shot in the arm that, hey, you know, maybe Romeo really is interested in Indiana. And of course, now we've, we've come all the way here and we await his decision on Monday. But, you know, just in terms of complete performances by the team, there were few that topped what the Hoosiers were able to do in that 20-point win over Northwestern came on national TV. Uh, So that was obviously a big moment too. But let's move on now to the top two moments. And you're listening to the Assembly Call. I'm Jared Morris here with Andy Bottoms and the coach, Brian Tonsoni. Let's talk about the top two moments from this season because I want to make sure that we have enough time uh, to fully discuss these and appreciate them. But the number two moment uh, is... The Indiana-Maryland game, uh, Indiana's home win over Maryland. And in this game, Indiana made a late second half comeback after being down 62-57 to 57, uh, with 4.53 to go. And it was led by Jawan Morgan, who authored one of his signature performances on the season. Because if you remember, we weren't even sure if he was going to play after the injury that kept him out against Michigan State. And not only did he play, he scored 25 points, grabbed five rebounds, dished out four assists, had two blocks and two steals. It was vintage Juwan. And the key play came with 38.7 seconds to go. Indiana led by one, 67-66, with Josh Newkirk at the line. He misses both, but Morgan cleans it up! That clip, courtesy of Fox College Hoops, Newkirk missed the free throw. Jawan Morgan cleaned it up, put Indiana ahead, and obviously uh, they the Hoosiers would close it out there. Uh, but, Coach, it was just one of many great performances by Jawan Morgan and games in which he made key plays down the stretch, putting the team on his back to seemingly will Indiana to a victory. And, and nothing demonstrates that more than a, a hustle play on a free throw rebound. It's really difficult unless the ball bounces directly your way or long to get an offensive rebound. And if I remember right, he went over two guys. I think he was blocked out. He willed himself to get that rebound. And those are the kind of efforts that coaches really like and and are winning plays. And, And it was the difference in this game. And at the beginning of the season, Archie said that he has to, I think the quote is, uh, be responsible for production. And here is a game that uh, coming off an injury, he took the responsibility, rehab, gutted it out, and, and played. Hey, he couldn't have been 100%. And yet to get that hustle play at the end, that's a play you could take off if you're injured. That's a play you could take off if you've got 23 points and it's the end of the game. Uh, but that's the kind of player that Juwan is, and I think that's the kind of player that Archie wants to have in his system, and, and he, can, he allows that to shine. And, boy, this game was uh, one of many. But Juwan sure uh, was the bright spot of the whole year. Yeah, and Andy, I, I recall I had to actually miss the post game show for this one, so I wasn't there to uh, to celebrate. Um, but you know, again, I mean, there's only so you know we've said a lot of what you can say about Juwan Morgan, but uh, you know this play, and obviously, I think what everybody knows will be coming at number one, uh, just indicative of of his development and how how good of a player he became this season. Well, and it was really an important game. It, it's funny to go back now. You kind of 
especially doing the show, I think we lose a little bit of the context that we get so wrapped up in the one game. But if you if you look at where this game fell, um, and really in line with the the one that you had brought up right before, you know, they'd won that Minnesota game, beat Penn State at home in a you know in a close game, blew out Northwestern that game that you just mentioned, and then they followed that up by that Friday night loss to at Michigan State where they just got work. Juwan got hurt. A-Rod got a lot of airtime, just, you know, anything that could go wrong went wrong. <laughs> and, uh, and, and they turned around on a, you know, Friday, quick turnaround back to Monday. And it was, it was a really resilient performance, both after how they had played against Michigan state and even late in the game to really take the lead back. And, you know, it was another one of those where it kind of gave you this excitement and this hope that things were really turning around. That was of course followed up two days later by losing at Illinois. But, um, you know, it's funny to put some of these back, you kind of see where they fell in the season and how, how you felt at the time and only to have the rug potentially pulled out from under you in the next game. But, um, you know, I, d- I did think it showed growth in terms of being able to bounce back from that loss. It was really bad and a pretty quick turnaround with your best player um, getting injured and really, you know, came out and played well uh, and, and got a win again over a Maryland team that probably wasn't as good as everybody expected them to be. Um, but it was a really important game as they started to build a little bit of momentum that wasn't sustained because they lost the next four games. But, um, you know, a, a good, Morgan performance coming off the injury when, like you said, people didn't even know if he'd play at all. And, and not only did he play, he, he starred. And obviously the number one moment from the 2017-18 season, Indiana beating Notre Dame in the Crossroads Classic. Uh, Juwan Morgan, you know, hobbled early, comes back to score 34 points, grab 11 rebounds. He was 13 of 17 from the field, 8 of 11 from the line, which is shocking given how his free throw shooting went the rest of the year. But another comeback for Indiana in the Crossroads Classic. And of course, the single most memorable play of the season was the play that gave Indiana the lead for good in that game. Big free throw here. And he missed it. McRoberts goes up, gets it. Finds Morgan to jail. 8.6 to go. Indiana with the lead. And, of course, the moment made even better, that clip courtesy of the Big Ten Network, because it was Gus Johnson doing the announcing, who just makes every big moment even better. Uh, And the thing that I didn't remember until watching the clip again is Zach McRoberts got that rebound over preseason All-American Bonzi Colson. I mean, that rebound was huge. He's falling down as he finds a cutting Juwan Morgan. It was great recognition by Juwan. I mean, everything about that play was just brilliant by those two guys. Uh, Put Indiana up 78-77 with 8.6 seconds to go. Farrell would miss a three. Indiana tacked on a couple of free throws. And then Bonzi Colson's half-court shot went halfway in and bounced out. So just an amazing finish. You could see see the the relief on Archie Miller's face as he as he walked off the court uh but coach you know probably the biggest win for Indiana of the season you know given where Notre Dame was at the time and that it was on a neutral court uh and and that individual moment it was so indicative of what Zach McRoberts brought to the team and Juwan Morgan's individual performance I mean that's one that we're going to remember for a long time We've said it to two players that I think represent what Archie uh, is as a coach. Mick Roberts uh, and Jawan got it to you know go there at the end to win the game. But more They're importantly, winners. that was a that was a big moment because we lost to Louisville and we had lost to Duke and we had lost to Michigan and, and we needed to validate what coach was doing. And it's one thing to show up at practice and harp on this and harp on this, but the team has to see success in order to keep moving and improving. And sometimes it's hard when losses pile up or you get in these big games and you come up, uh, you play well, but you don't get that win. 
that Notre Dame game really kind of helped us move along as much as we possibly can because learning from losses is great, but learning from wins is even better. Andy, we got about a minute left here in this segment. Uh, your, your lingering thoughts on that play from the Notre Dame game. Oh, I find it uh, fitting and uh, that that the last two highlights you played involved missed free throws. So there's a little bit of <laughs> a little bit of that, um, which is not ideal, but whatever. Um, We're trying no, to keep that this was, positive, Andy. Try yeah, to keep that was positive. really the start of McRoberts getting major minutes. I look back, he had played 15 minutes against Louisville and he played 31 in this game. Now, part of that was I think Newkirk got in foul trouble and um, needing some things here. But that was really the start of him becoming a fixture uh, in the lineup. And it was plays like that that he made throughout the game. and. Um, yeah, Juwan's numbers in that game, just the way he shot from the floor, and I think he was thirteen of seventeen on twos and eight of eleven from the line, or something, something like that, was just yeah. you know ridiculous. And I think Robert Johnson had a pretty good game as well. Uh, Devonta hit some big shots late, so I think a lot of guys stepped up. And yeah, that that definitely from a you know marquee win, that was as close as they came to it, and and did it in exciting fashion. So I think that was a pretty easy number one for us when we put the list together. All right, what did we miss? Let us know. You can send us a tweet at Assembly Call. Uh, were there any moments that you feel absolutely should have made the top 10 that didn't make it in there? Uh, let us know. Uh, but those are your top 10 moments from the 2017-18 season. And as we mentioned at the beginning, hopefully in future seasons, it is a much more difficult list <laughs> uh, to, uh, to kind of nail down. Um, but still, many fun moments to relive uh, from this season. All righty, coming up in our final segment, Andy is going to walk us through the most important stay or go decisions for Big Ten players who declared for the NBA draft but haven't signed with an agent, uh, and then whatever else we have time for after that. Stick with us here on the Assembly Call. You're listening to The Assembly Call. I'm Jared Morris here with Andy Bottoms and the coach Brian Tonsoni. And Brian, in the break, uh, there was a moment that you feel like maybe we didn't give uh, enough time to here in the top 10 moments. Uh, the effort against Michigan State where we really out-rebounded them to, to stay in the game, uh, offensive rebounding is just attitude and, and it's a gut check rebounding in period. And Michigan State was known for that. And for them to come in and we really handed it to them again – says that you know, there were components of the season that really were went well. We just didn't string them together uh, enough consistently to, to get more wins. But that was an impressive moment, again, from, from a coach's standpoint, to be able to do that to such a team like Michigan State. The game that should forever go down is the Freddie McSwain game for all the rebounds and especially the offensive rebounds that he had. Uh, all right, Andy, we've got a couple minutes left here. Um, let's just run through real quick. Obviously, you know, the deadline has passed for guys to announce whether they're going to test the waters for the NBA draft. And there's a number of interesting uh, names for the Big Ten uh, guys who have announced that but haven't yet gotten an agent. And now we await their decisions. And it'll those decisions are going to really shape what the Big Ten looks like heading into next season. Yeah, it was interesting. I, I noticed this when I was reading an article that Rob Doster at uh, NBC had, had written about the most impactful decisions. I feel about half of them were Big Ten teams or players. Um, so when you look down the list, uh, these are in alphabetical order, I guess. But, uh, you know, obviously Juwan. So we're going to kind of put that one aside. But Maryland has a couple big ones. Kevin Herter and Bruno, Bruno Fernando both uh, put their names in. If they come back with Cowan and, and Daryl Morsell, who was a freshman this year, um, they've got, I think, the top, at least according to 24-7, the top recruiting class in the Big Ten uh, at this point. Um, and, uh, you know, so they could certainly have a really good starting lineup if those guys come back. 
Charles Matthews from Michigan is a big one. If he doesn't come back, they don't have anybody that scored more than eight points a game uh, last year. So even though they have, I think, the number two recruiting class in the in the conference, um, that you know that's a big one for them. Nick Ward has his name in for Michigan State. I'd be surprised if he's not back. That would certainly be a big loss. Uh, Nebraska with Palmer and Copeland, both those guys are transfers, a little bit older, who, who maybe and so maybe it makes a little bit more sense for them to. Uh, to go in I don't think they both go um, but that's a pretty big swing for Nebraska really they're two top scorers uh, coming back potentially being gone Uh, and then you know uh, Ethan Happ at Wisconsin Uh, heaven forbid you know Ryan and I miss out on uh, his senior season that would be heartbreaking and then uh, at Purdue Carson Edwards has his name in there if he doesn't come back they've got nobody that scored more than five points per game so you know those those could easily like you could go down that list and probably pick who you're you know like an all-conference team would be um, out of there. So there's some pretty big swings in, in what could happen for teams, depending on what these guys do. I feel like the majority of them will be back, but if one, you know, one or two of them uh, are likely to stay in. And I think that that makes things pretty interesting. So there's some big 10 coaches sweating it out. I think at this point about what these guys are going to do. Yeah. Well, and you know, the Juwan one is going to be absolutely huge as we've talked about on the last two episodes, because if Romeo, you know, does pick Indiana on Monday, Andy, and, and if Juwan is back, and Indiana is going to go into most Big Ten games, if not all Big Ten games, with the best duo on the court. Uh, well, certainly, certainly would feel that way in, in a lot of cases. And so, yeah, like I said, I've been trying to go through and you know see what kind of question marks there are for teams. It's still a little bit hard to tell. You got a lot of grad transfers out there who could impact things. But um, yeah, it'll it'll be exciting if they uh, if IU gets both those guys and some of these others leave. All righty. Well, that will do it for us on this week's episode of The Assembly Call. If you want to see us do the show live and be part of the live chat, join us at assemblycall.com on Thursday nights for the live broadcast of our Assembly Call radio recording. Or you can always subscribe to our podcast by searching for Assembly Call wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to go to assemblycall.com slash join or text IU to 66866 to join our free email newsletter. Thank you for listening. We'll be back to talk IU hoops again with you next week. Until then, keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim, and go Hoosiers. Thank you for being here and for listening to this episode of The Assembly Call. We appreciate it. And we really do rely on the support of audience members like you to keep our show going and to keep growing. And so we have set up a page on our website at assemblycall.com slash support that lists five ways that you can support the Assembly Call. And we encourage you to choose whichever method is the easiest and most convenient for you. One of the methods is donating, and so many of you have donated, and we appreciate it so much. On that page, you can choose a monthly recurring donation or an annual recurring donation or just a one-time donation, whatever works for you. And if you don't want to donate, Another way to support the show is you can use our affiliate URLs, iutickets.shop or iustore.shop when you're going to shop for tickets or gear, and we will get paid a small commission when you use those links. But however you support the show, we appreciate it. Thank you. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tonight's Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player client. 
From the company that brought you Rocket Mortgage comes Rocket Pro Insight, the innovative product designed to give real estate agents control like never before. With Rocket Pro Insight, agents have full visibility into the loan status of each of their clients, so agents can stay informed on their clients' activity throughout the process and help them compete against other buyers with a verified approval. Plus, agents have the power to adjust a client's approval letter amount in real time. With the document upload feature, Rocket Pro Insight gives real estate agents the freedom to check a client's progress from anywhere at any time. They'll be able to send files on their client's behalf so they don't have to let paperwork hold up the process. That means agents can help their clients clear mortgage roadblocks and close on time. Sign up today at rocketpro.com slash real estate and take your real estate business to new heights. Call for terms and details. Equal housing lender. Licensed in 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Verified approval only valid on certain 30-year purchase transactions. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois.